Section 2 of A Handbook of Fish Cookery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nemo. A Handbook of Fish Cookery by Lucy H. Yates. Choosing and Buying Fish. Before coming to this important part of our subject, we would like to offer a suggestion, in all courtesy be it understood, to our friends, the fishmongers. Why do they, we would ask, invariably establish themselves on the sunny side of the road? Surely, if any branch of trade requires coolness and shade, it is the fish trade. Yet how rare an exception to find one so situated! Then we would respectfully draw their attention to their way of handling the fish. Often it receives most unmerciful treatment, being knocked about on the marble slab with a force quite unnecessary. All fish suffer more or less, but delicate fish, such as soles, suffer in this way just as a ripe peach or pear does, if subjected to the same treatment. The same difference can be detected in the bruised part of fish as in a bruised peach. Also, a too liberal pouring out of water is injurious. No doubt, the bright and well-washed fish, surrounded with lumps of ice, look far more tempting than the boatload all smeared with blood. Yet the fish would be much better if they did not see fresh water until they are to be dressed at home. In this matter, however, the fishmonger is to a large extent ruled by popular opinion, and if the latter forbids the purchase of fish in their more natural condition, he is perhaps justified in endeavouring to suit the fancy of his customers. In choosing fish, care should be taken not to judge too much by first appearances, although fortunately fish, if not fresh, soon tells its tale. If the eyes are dull, or the skin and the scales rub off easily, avoid that fish. If the skin is bright, the flesh firm to the touch when pressed between the thumb and finger, you may rely upon its being fresh. Stale fish, or that which has been kept long in ice, is always flabby. One safe general direction for choosing fish may be given in few words viz. choose the plump ones. A short fish, thick about the shoulders, is much to be preferred to a long, thin one. Thick soles or thick turbots are far preferable to thin ones, the same with codfish. Lobsters and crabs should be chosen by weight, and those of medium size are best in flavor. There are one or two kinds of fish which are positively improved by being kept a day or two, notably skate and red mullet. Mackerel, on the contrary, is a fish that which none spoils more rapidly. The sole holds a first position among flatfish, and is deservedly esteemed, as its flesh is firm and delicate, and very easily digested, hence its great popularity with the sick. It also has the advantage of being obtainable all the year round in good condition. 
The skin of the back is sometimes dark, sometimes white, varying with the nature of the ground on which the fish feeds. Soles vary in size from quite little slips called tongues to large fish weighing eight or nine pounds per pair. Those in row are rather insipid in flavor and are best for filleting. They vary in price but are never a cheap fish. Halibut is an excellent substitute for turbot, which it rather resembles in flavor, and is a comparatively cheap fish. It is abundant in spring and summertime, and always a favorite with Jewish people. Being a very large fish, it is rarely sold entire. The choice bits are the flackers over the fins and the pickings about the head. A fillet or steak is the most profitable portion for general eating. Cod is at its best around Christmas time. From the end of January to March, it is less good and not abundant. In May again, it is generally very fine. The best are those which are plump and round at the tail, the sides having a slightly ribbed appearance with yellow spots on a clear skin. Large cod are not generally cooked whole, being so much thicker at the head than at the tail. The head and shoulders, usually sold apart, form a handsome dish. It is a very nourishing fish, valuable in many ways, and, if its adaptabilities were more understood, it would be more generally appreciated. The salmon has been called the king of freshwater fish, yet, as before remarked, it does not belong to this category. The river is its birthplace, it is true, but the sea is its pasture ground, where it returns periodically to renew its strength. It inhabits fresh and salt water alternately, spending its summer in the river and its winter in the sea. Just as the swallow returns again to the same roof which sheltered it, so the salmon returns again to the same river. This fact has been taken advantage of to naturalize salmon in rivers where formerly there were no signs of them. No stranger salmon cruising along the coast will mistake another river's mouth for the mouth of its own river. The flesh is rich and delicious in flavor, and to be eaten in perfection it should be dressed as soon as caught. There will then be found between the flakes a creamy white substance called curd, which is highly esteemed by the epicure. Nevertheless, it is then highly indigestible. To be perfectly wholesome eating, the salmon should be kept twenty-four hours, then the curd solidifies, and though perhaps less delicate in flavor, it is richer and far less likely to disagree. In season from February to August, it is at its cheapest in July and August. Salmon trout, though resembling salmon in flavor and appearance, are really not at all the same species. They rarely exceed two to three pounds in weight. Generally, they are but three quarters of a pound. They are justly regarded as a great delicacy, and are at their best in spring and early summer. The flesh is sometimes white, sometimes red. The latter is the most prized. When choosing salmon trout, examine the inside of the throat through the gills. If this is very red, 
the flesh will prove to be red, though not so red as salmon. There are two or three kinds of trout, common, sea, and white trout. Sea trout reaches a good size, white trout never does. River trout are most delicious and highly esteemed. The most delicate in flavor are those which weigh from three quarters to one pound. Trout, which is in season from May to September, is in perfection in June. Carp and tench are pond rather than river fish, and both have a great fondness for burying themselves in mud, and owing to this, the flesh has often a slight muddy taste. For this reason, the fish should lie in strong salt in water for a few hours, then be well cleansed in clear spring water. Both are at their best in the winter months. The tench, though a smaller fish, is richer and more delicate than the carp. They are useful fish to families residing in the country. Although the pike attains to a considerable size in England, it is small in comparison with its brethren found in Russian and Lapland waters. Indeed, it more truly deserves to be called a Russian fish. So much more abundant and popular is it there. In color, the skin is a pale olive gray, with several yellowish spots on the sides, and the mouth is furnished with a prodigious number of teeth, which has earned for it the name of fresh-water shark. It was at one time a very popular article of food, and is still considered a good fish for the table. In some countries the fish is salted and dried, and the roe made into caviar. The perch, which is one of the commonest of our freshwater fish, is also one of the best. It is met with in almost all lakes and rivers in temperate regions. When full-grown, it is a large fish, although one weighing a pound is thought a good size, and one of three pounds very large. The flesh is white, firm, of a good flavor, and easily digested. Perch are so tenacious of life that they may be carried fifty miles and yet survive the journey. Best used as soon as caught, they are also better for being crimped as soon as they leave the water. Their season is from June to February. Perhaps the most commonly used fish is the herring. Shoals of herring visit the British islands from the end of May till October, and even occasionally during the winter months. In the beginning of the season the fish is rather oily, and often found to be indigestible on that account. But after the first few weeks this disappears, and then it becomes both digestible and nourishing. In choosing herrings, take care that they feel firm and have bright eyes and scales. Sprats closely resemble herrings in appearance and flavor. Only they are but a third of the size of the latter. They are very abundant on the North British coast, and in Edinburgh and Glasgow are sold by measure. Their best season is the winter time, and their freshness may be judged by their silvery appearance, or otherwise. The highly esteemed smelt is a most delicate fish. When fresh, it possesses an odor like a freshly cut cucumber. But this perfume passes away twelve hours after it has been caught. The Dutch fisheries furnish very fine smelts, 
and the baskets full of bright silvery little bodies look very tempting in the wholesale market these are never what may be called cheap fish in season from november to may smelts which have been split and dried are called sparlings another fish which is cheap and plentiful in the winter months is the haddock they seldom weigh more than from three to four pounds and the largest are considered the best they should be gutted as soon as possible and hung up to dry with salt inside them scotch haddock have the highest reputation among lesser-known fish are the gurnet the dory and ling all of them are excellent eating the dory resembles the turbot in flavor and the gurnet has firm white flesh of agreeable taste in the early spring months ling is captured in large quantities off the orkney and shetland isles skate and place are both less thought of in england than they deserve to be in france they are better appreciated skate improves by being hung up for a day before using young skate are called maids and their flesh is tender and delicate place is in good condition when the body is thick and firm the eyes bright and the pale side tinged with pink hake or white salmon is a west country fish common in devonshire in season in the autumn months eels and lampreys very rich and not over wholesome are mostly food for the epicure they are useful in cookery where a succulent dish is required the lamprey is but little met with in the present day End of section 2